Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday, January 12th. Today we're gonna continue talking about something we touched on on Wednesday, and that is the topic of biblical discernment, which we talk about a lot here on the podcast, but as usual, new stuff is happening in the culture, and we're gonna talk about some of it today and sort of point you back to the authority of the Word of God. So stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. wanted to say thank you to those of you who've been praying for me. Also, I forgot to say a couple of weeks ago how much I have enjoyed uh, your Christmas cards and your year-end gifts to our nonprofit ministry, Firmly Planted Family. We put your Christmas cards up on the wall at the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver for other people to enjoy. And uh, I wanted to say thank you. This ministry is listener supported. And if you have been blessed by what's happening here, if you share this podcast with your friends, um, we would be very encouraged if you would consider supporting this ministry financially. I will uh, give the address to the ministry and we'll link back to a to a, a link where you can give to the nonprofit. And that's what helps keep uh, this podcast on the air. So I wanted to say thank you to that and for all of the encouragement that you offer through your reviews on Amazon for Becoming MomStrong and also for the podcast. So thank you for doing that um, and partnering with us in that way. We've got a great show coming up for you next Monday. I'm going to be tackling um, two questions from listeners. We're getting uh, questions fast and furious here at uh, the podcast, and we love that. So keep them coming. We've got about 17 in the queue right now. Uh, but we're most of the questions that I get have to do with sticky situations. And how do we respond to the culture a culture that is in spiritual decline. Well, we've talked about this dozens and dozens of times at the podcast, but the culture never fails to uh, give me more, <laughs> more, more stuff to talk about. So uh, we're going to tackle that today and again on Monday in a more specific uh, answer a, a few of your specific questions. If you have a question that you would like to see addressed here at the podcast, please shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. All right, most of you know that I do uh, a conference. I, my husband and I and uh, several of our kids tour the country throughout the year. This is the beginning of my speaking season. I was just in Sparta, New Jersey, and I will be in Dayton, uh, Ohio, in uh, the next couple of weeks. And ticket sales for that go up in just a few days. So if you're interested in coming to the either MomStrong Dayton or MomStrong Florida, which happens on February 16th and 17th, please go ahead and get uh, get your tickets. I think you guys are going to be super encouraged by what the Lord is doing, and we can't wait to be there with you and pray over you and open your Bibles together, uh, open our Bibles rather together, and just really soak in um, learning together from the Word of God. That's the heart behind Mom Strong International. That's why I care so deeply about this issue of biblical discernment. And what discernment is, when I talk about biblical discernment, what I mean is that we that we learn as believers to look at every situation, every circumstance of our lives through the lens of scripture. In other words, we say, Father, we we see this happening over here and that's happening over there. What do you say? Because as disciples, as followers of Jesus, our authority 
is the word of God. Our final authority is God's word. And that's where we go. So it doesn't really matter what other people say. It really only matters what God says. And as Christians, we need to be versed in the word of God. We need to know it. We were warned uh, by Peter in 1 Peter 5, um, 8 through 9, Peter warns us about the enemy that we have. And many of you have heard me give this illustration before, and I'm going to give it again. But I also want to remind you, anytime you see an illustration given in the Bible, like Jesus said, I am the door. You know, anytime you you see uh, an illustration in the Bible, pay attention because God's trying to teach you something. And in 1 Peter 5, uh, verses 8 and 9, Peter is trying to teach us about how devastating and terrifying our adversary is. And he says, watch out, you have an adversary and his name is the devil. And he prowls around like, here's your here's your, your word, your intro, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, He's literally seeking someone to devour. And then he goes on to give instruction. He says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So you have an adversary of the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion, literally seeking someone to devour. In another translation, in the NIV, it says, be sober-minded, be on the alert, Look out. So Peter's saying, listen, this is no uh, animal from the zoo. This is an animal that would kill you if it got the opportunity. And we certainly see that that happening in the culture, in the church today. And every single day, um, we hear another story about a church that has decided that it no longer believes in the authority of Scripture. They're beginning to call the Bible antiquated and out of date and out of touch. But the Bible says it does not change. And God does not change. And we need to be uh, alert as Christians to the schemes of the devil. And the devil has had a lot of time right, to practice on human beings. There's a reason why Jesus calls us sheep. I don't know. I, I grew up on a little farm. I spent quite a bit of time on a little farm in Boring, Oregon when I was growing up. And can I just tell you, sheep are stupid. They're some of the stupidest creatures on the earth. That's why uh, you, you'll watch, some of you have seen movies where they've shown um, like a sheep herding dog. Um, those dogs can actually run sheep off of cliffs. They're so dumb. If the dog barks and moves them in a particular direction, they'll run right off a cliff. And can I just say right now, there are some, some sheep herding pastors out there who are running Christians right off a cliff. Literally, and we're so dumb that we're like, okay, well, I guess he said keep walking, and so we're going to keep walking. And what do we do? You go to the edge of that cliff, and you can see uh, the carnage down below. And it's a carnage that's happening in the church right now. Uh, When I was in New Jersey this last weekend, I was talking about a study that Barna did several years ago. I want to say it was in 2012, and he talked about America's most Bible-minded cities. And of course, you know, my neck of the woods... uh, was among the least Bible-minded cities. You can kind of see this in the coasts, right? Um, The West Coast, least-minded. The East Coast, not trying to hurt your feelings, but you guys actually took the cake for, (laughs) you got the award for the least-minded Bible cities over there on uh, on the East Coast. Not far behind was my city of Portland, Oregon. But here's the thing, and Portland, Maine, I guess the Portland things have a lot in common. But here's the thing, uh, what struck me was not the least minded Bible, uh, least minded, uh, least Bible minded cities. That's not actually what struck me. What struck me was the ones who are characterized, according to Barnett, as the most Bible minded. And I thought, well, what does he mean by most 
Bible minded. So the best one, uh, number one, was Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, you knew this was going to happen, right? Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana came in second. Chattanooga, woo woo, shout out. I lived in Chattanooga. We, lo- we love you there. So uh, Stafford family, if you're listening, we miss you. Uh, and then Birmingham, Alabama came in. Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, number six, Springfield, Missouri. Most Bible-minded. And I'm thinking, all right. So the most most Bible-minded, what does he mean by that? Well, here's what he means. They characterized you as Bible-minded if you reported reading the Bible within the past seven days and you strongly agree in the accuracy of the Bible. If you, uh, if you did those two things, then you were classified as Bible-minded. Well, I'm going to take issue uh, with, with Barna's description of, of Bible-minded. Uh, because going basically you open your Bible once a week, so that tells me that you went to church, right? We go to church and we open our Bibles. A Bible-minded person should be opening his Bible five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. Bible-minded people live their lives according to what they learn in the Bible, and they are always listening for what God wants to teach them. In other words, we have to be in the Word every day. Why? Because we have an adversary the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Well, if you knew that you had an adversary chasing after you and he never stopped and he was relentless in his pursuit of you and his desire to see your destruction, you would not just once a week check in and figure out what he's doing. You Every day you'd be like, oh, for the love, there's that lion again. You know, I want to figure out ways to keep that line at bay because this thing didn't work and that's working, but it looks like I might be, um, I'm getting tired and I need more help. You need help. And our help, the Bible says, comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So why, for goodness sake, are we only coming to him one day a week? And why does that make us Bible-minded? Listen, going to church one day a week doesn't make you a Christian anymore than going to McDonald's going to make you a hamburger. We have to do better than this. And I spoke to a mom just a couple of days ago uh, in uh, the Mom Strong Bible Study. So I'm hosting a Mom Strong group in my neck of the woods here in Vancouver. Hey, by the way, if you live in the Vancouver area, um, you are welcome to join in the Portland area, even. You're welcome to join our Bible study. We meet on uh, Wednesdays from 10 to 12. And I would love to have you. And we're studying the Word of God. And we were talking about uh, about women studying the Word. And one of the moms said to me, she's like, well, women just don't have the time. Uh, we don't have time to to study the Bible. They just want, you know, a really simple, um, very, uh, I don't know what you call it, just simple, you know, that, that didn't take any time. And I, I don't mean to make anybody mad. But can I just say something right now? We do have the time. This is not about time. This is about priority. And the, the bottom line is we make time for what we prioritize. So we're making time to run through Starbucks. We're making time to go to the gym. We're making time to make our family's dinner. We're making time, hopefully, to spend time with our husbands. We carve out time. We do for the things that are important to us. And what this tells me is not that we don't have the time. Because we all have the same 24 hours every day, and time is money. It's currency, right? And how we use it uh, speaks to what we value. And so I said to these women, I said, listen, we have to do better than this. Because what we're telling our children is, if you don't have time, it's okay. Because you're going to be just fine. You make time for what you think is important, and God's going to take care of the rest. Well, that's actually not what God says. 
David said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And and you'll pardon me, but uh, this world is a very dark place. And we need to turn on the light of God's word. And we can't be discerning if we don't turn on the light of God's word. And so this idea that some, for some reason, mothers, because we have children, are uh, unable to study the word and we're unable to to make the time because our children are taking that time for us, that is what a disservice that we are doing to the Lord of heaven and earth who gave us those children to raise for his glory and for his purposes. And so moms, dads, you need to be in the word. You can't afford to be in the word one day a week. And I'm not saying spend six hours every day in your Bibles and be so heavenly minded that you're <laughs> you have no earthly good, right? We've met people like that, right? And there's got to be uh, a, a middle uh, a ground where you're saying, I don't have the time, but on the other side of that, you know, you've decided to open up a seminary in your home and you never make dinner for your kids, right? So, so hear me what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to stop making excuses for not being in the Bible. For some of you, it means you're going to have to set your alarm and get up a half an hour earlier because I don't know about you, but I set my alarm. If I have to be somewhere, I set my alarm for at least a half an hour to sort of wake myself up before I know I really need to get out of bed and get moving. And I want to just encourage you to, especially here in the new year, the power that you need and the blessing that you seek only comes from walking in right relationship with Jesus. That's where you find it. If you're struggling to parent your children, if you're struggling uh, with decisions that you need to make with energy to uh, to get done what you need to get done, if you're struggling with vision for your family, God says, it's in my word. It's found in walking with me. And so that's what we need to be doing is walking with the Lord. And if we're not in his word, we will not have spiritual eyes to see what's happening around us in the culture. And listen, discernment, Spurgeon said, is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. And this is where the church, this is where the church is being herded off of cliffs today in droves. Uh, we're, we're listening to teachers who are telling us whatever our itching ears want to hear on everything from whether or not there are three or four or five or six genders to whether or not God says he's cool with homosexual marriage or homosexuality in general. And I'm telling you what, we're starting with these, but the other sins that we all can agree on, like adultery and murder, those aren't far behind. We're going to start making excuses. Well, we already are, right? Look at the abortion industry. We're making excuses. I heard a pastor not too long ago, uh, in fact, just a couple of months ago, who had an opportunity on The View when they asked him straight up, are you okay with abortion? And he hemmed and hawed and was like, well, I, you know, those are those are questions that we we like to address um, personally. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, yes, love, love this woman, but don't, you you just had an opportunity to say, wow, abortion, no, absolutely, it's not okay. The, the taking of an innocent human life is never okay. And we have got to do better in helping these women not feel like abortion is their only option. A woman who chooses abortion is desperate, is feels unloved. Yes, she may be selfish. Yes, she may be misinformed. But what are we doing to love that woman and showing her this is a human being that you're caring and we want to come alongside you and support you 
so that you will not feel that your only option is to take the life of an innocent human being. And he had an opportunity to do that in front of tens of thousands of people on The View, and he missed it. Discernment. It's not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. And we've got to do better. And we need to be discerning because we are the shepherds of this generation. We've been given an opportunity to be ambassadors for Christ and to represent him to a world that's watching. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We elected Barack Obama. We, we had him in office for, for eight long years because we were looking for hope and change. And hope and change is never found apart from Jesus. And now we've got uh, President Trump in there because we're trying to make America great again. And I'm here to tell you, until, unless and until this nation gets on its knees and Christians in this nation become who God says they are, we will not make America great again. That, that greatness that we are seeking is the redemptive power of the cross. And the cross is a radical thing. This is why the battle for education in the United States is so important right now. Or those of you who are listening around the world, listen, education matters because we're teaching our children to be discerning. We're teaching them that there is such a thing as right and wrong. And there are evidences of a lack of spiritual discernment and wisdom throughout our culture, throughout the church today. And I want to encourage you, and I'm going to do it all year. Every chance I get, every place I speak, every person I am privileged to pray with and hug and love on, I'm going to encourage you back to the place where I need to go every day, and that's to the foot of the cross. That's to the Lord Jesus, to the God of the universe. And I can come before him every day and say, Lord, help me make wise decisions today, because apart from you, I can't do it. It takes humility, men and women, to be able to say, I need a savior. I need the Lord. I need his discernment. I need his wisdom. I need his direction. I need his heart. We've always said here on the podcast, Father, break my heart for what breaks yours. Christians should be known for their love. And once you recognize the importance of what God has given you to do, the the challenge that he has given you, the direction that he calls you to go as a believer, I'm telling you what, it'll change your life. And it will change the trajectory of your family. And so as as we end this podcast today, I want to just encourage you back to a place of recognizing the importance. Don't be another statistic for a Barna Research uh, group that labels you as Bible-minded because you took your family to church once a week. It's more than that. It's more than that. It's living your life every minute of every day as if you were the ambassador for Christ that God calls you to be. That's where it starts. That's the heart behind Mom Strong International. That's the heart behind the books that I write. That's the reason my husband and I travel the country with our children and have for the last 10 years. That's why it's to call the church back to a place of saying, you know what? I want to follow Jesus more than I want any of these other things. And once you make that decision, uh, you see, you begin to see the blessing of God. And so we cry out for blessing, right? We cry out for healing. We want all these things, but we're not willing to actually lay down our cross and follow God. 
And I'm going to encourage you to a place of doing that. If you guys want to study the Bible with me this year, I would love to have you join me. You can jump in anytime you want to at momstronginternational.com. It's uh, $5.95 a month to get a weekly Bible study. I think you'll see when you download them, they are very, they're well written. They're beautiful. We are talking about uh, exactly what I'm talking about on the podcast. You don't have to be a mom uh, to do those Bible studies with me. They are aimed at anyone who wants to know the Lord better, but they also include things that are specific to mothers. So toward the end, and to grandmothers, toward the end, you'll see um, a section called the Seasons of Motherhood. And really, they're uh, questions that you can ask the young people in your life. So whether you're a mother with little ones, or whether you're a grandmother like me, or you've got uh, teenagers in your home, we want to be able to take what we're learning and engage with the culture around us and starting at home. And so that's the heart behind MomStrong International. I hope you guys will check it out. We've been open now for about a little over uh, a week and a half, and we have close to 5,000 of you already on there. Come and see what God is doing. Over at MomStrong International, the uh, scripture writing challenge is there, and it's free. You just you just need to register. And then after that, it will direct you to uh, groups in your area and uh, the Bible study, which is meant either for individual study, which so you can do it by yourself, or you can find a local MomStrong group that's happening in your neck of the woods, which I would highly recommend that you do, and uh, get in the Word with someone else. So we are praying for you. I love that the Lord has given me the opportunity to speak into your life three days a week here at the podcast. I hope it's an encouragement and a blessing to you. But more than that, I hope it points you back to Jesus, who is the source of truth and the source of hope and joy in this generation. God wants to speak to you through his word. So get in there with me. Join me over at MomStrong International. And uh, I'm praying for what God's going to do in your life as we enter into a brand new year into 2018. Let's get excited about what God wants to do. All right, you guys, I hope you have a fantastic Friday. Hope you get to spend some time with your families. If you're in my neck of the woods, I will be at the Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver this Saturday for a work day. So you've got able-bodied teenagers or adults, and you can come down and help us. We would be thrilled. We still have some flooring to lay. We still have painting to do. Um, We're trying to get that center up and running. So come down and see us. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. And other than that, you guys have a fantastic weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.